favor? You know, when I uh, look around at our world today, I see a lot of people living with anxiety, a lot of negativity. I see a lot of people that have inordinate amount of uh, just living with disappointment, anger, frustration in life. And I see too many people that feel like they're being cheated somehow, which is a little bit confusing to me, especially since we live in the greatest nation, probably in history of the world. We have more opportunities today, more comfort, more wealth than any generation that has ever walked this planet. We are some of the most blessed people who have ever lived. So why all the disappointment, dissatisfaction in life? See, I, I believe that the issue is a gratitude issue. Even when things are not going great, you and I have been blessed immensely. And I believe if we're going to overcome that negativity that the world has, if we're going to avoid the trap of always feeling like somehow we got cheated, if we're going to start living that abundant life that Jesus Christ promised his followers, if we're going to live with true joy in our lives, we have to change our focus. We have to learn to be a thanksgiver in life. You know, we, we have all been blessed, haven't we? Amen? Amen? You know, this is the last installment of our series, Say Amen. And I have said over and over, amen is a little word that we say to a really, really big God. And amen is a declaration in our life. It, it means, so be it. You know, whatever you want, Lord. And I believe you can say amen because you understand that God is with you. Because you know that God is faithful and God is good. And you realize at some point in your life, God can be trusted. And because you recognize that, that God wants the very best for you, when you truly know God, I believe you can accept things as they come your way. Now, as a kid, uh, my parents, um, they would drag us around to visit relatives once in a while. And I remember visiting my uh, uh, Uncle Jim and Aunt Pearl. And I remember sitting at the table, and they were always introducing us to, uh, I call them food oddities. And uh, I, I remember one time sitting, and I, I had never had the food before, but it was mashed potatoes smothered in tuna casserole, ooh, and covered in Velveeta cheese. Yeah. I'm just curious, how many of you have ever had tuna casserole? Yeah, all right, all right, all right, all right. Well, after my brother and I choked down a few bites, I remember, remember my dad saying, what do you say? I'm like, thank you. He goes, Damon, I can't hear you. And I'm like, thank you, Aunt Pearl. 
And now, I'm going to be honest, I was not very thankful at the time, all right? Wasn't thankful for that meal. But I could still be thankful for my aunt that cared enough to prepare a meal for my family and I. And FYI, I actually grew where I liked mashed potatoes with the tuna casserole, and then I would smother it in Velveeta cheese. And I, I grew to like that, actually. Thank you. Thank you are two power-packed words. Thank you are, are two trajectory-changing words. And at the time, I didn't realize how powerful these words were. But I think in a real way, today God's asking, what do you say? What do you say when you look at all the blessings in your life? What do you say when you look at all the relationships that you have? What do you say? The fact is you woke up this morning and you got out of bed. What do you say? I mean, what did you say when you were eating breakfast, when you were drinking your coffee or espresso and it exploded your taste buds? What do you say? What do you say when you look at God's creation? The fact is, we're all able to sit here today. You can worship without fear of being persecuted. Do you say thank you? Do you? Because in a real way, I believe God wants to teach us how to say thank you. You know, God wants our, our lives to be truly filled with a deep appreciation for everything that we have. You know, God wants us all to be thanksgivers in life. You know, one day, Jesus, he was traveling to Jerusalem. He's on the outskirts of town. And off in a distance, there were 10 lepers, and they start calling out to him. Now, We've talked about people that had leprosy back then. It was terrible, disfiguring disease. Uh, Their flesh, sometimes limbs, would fall off. The horrible stench, highly, highly contagious. And in that day, it was a death sentence, all right? So anyone that had leprosy was thrown out of the city. They had to live in colonies outside the city. And by law, they had to distance themselves from people. They were required to keep 50 yards away from people. They were required to wear bells on them so that as they were walking, those bells are ringing and it's warning everyone lepers are in the area. Scripture says this, it says, as he entered the village, this is Jesus and, and some of his disciples, says, 10 men with leprosy who stood at a distance, met him, and they raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And I would remind you, Jesus hears the cries of desperate people. He always hears those cries. It says, he, he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priests, and as they were going, they were what? They were cleansed. So I want you to picture this. These guys are running to the priest, they're looking down, and all of a sudden their limbs and their skin, they're being 
restored, they're, they're being healed. And now I want you to put yourself in Jesus' sandals for a moment. Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus is the guy that just healed them. And he's watching them run off. They're heading to the temple. What do you think Jesus said to himself in that moment? I mean, do you think he was saying, hey, what do you say? What do you say? I mean, what do you say for the miracle of healing? What do you say for for getting your life back? What do you say? It says, now one of them, when he saw that he'd been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. One leper, he stopped in his tracks. He looks at his healed body, and he does a 180, and he took his eyes off himself for a moment, and he runs back to Jesus, and he falls at his feet, and he's worshiping him. And he said two power-packed words, two words that, that move the heart of God. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus looks, he goes, one out of ten, says thank you. Can you sense the hurt in that? Yeah. Jesus responds and says, were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Jesus looks at the one guy, the one thanksgiver. He says, rise, go, your face made you whole. Now, before you start hating on the other nine, you know, what were they thinking? I can't believe somebody would do that. They ought to be ashamed of themselves. You know, be very careful here. Take a close look. In fact, do a little inventory today at your level of appreciation. The fact is many of us are not as appreciative as we should be. I mean, many of us do not understand the power of a two-word phrase, thank you, thank you. You know, Paul writes this, he says, let the teaching of Christ live in you richly. Use all wisdom to teach and strengthen each other. Here we go, sing praises, hymns, spiritual songs with what? Thankfulness in your heart. You know, the moment you invite Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, you invite him into your life, The Holy Spirit takes up residency in you, and the Holy Spirit begins working in you. And he works from the inside out. And he is committed to changing you. And one of the ways he's committed to changing us is turning ungrateful people into grateful people. You know, turning thankless people into thanksgivers in life. And let's just say that we're willing to let the Holy Spirit work in us, how would your life be different? 
if you were a Thanksgiver in life? I mean, how would it change? You see, I think there's some things that would naturally happen, and one of the things that would happen is you would take your eyes off yourself, off your agenda, your wants, your needs, whatever, and you'd put them on God. And I've discovered something in life. I go where my eyes take me. Rarely do we go where our eyes aren't directed, right? Which, here's what I ask, where are you focusing these days? You know, oh, what makes me look good? You know, what, what gives me pleasure, what I want? Or, or do you have your eyes fixed on Jesus in your life? See, things will not be right. Hear this. They will not be right horizontally in your life until you get things right vertically in your life. And the moment that you begin to fix your eyes on God, on Jesus Christ, things happen in life. Things begin to fit together. They begin to get in sync, so to speak. Suddenly, you, you see things different. And because you see things different, you become a thanksgiver in life. You know, thanking God regularly and strategically. You begin to be a person that thanks other people regularly. You're intentional about it in life. And when that happens, it, everything starts syncing up. You know, vertically, horizontally, you know, the Bible, it records, I think it's one of the most disappointing accounts of human behavior, in my opinion. You know, God had just delivered the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt in a very miraculous way. They're, they're heading to the land God promised to them. And so they're, they're, they're traveling. This trip should have taken two weeks. It takes them 40 years. You know, some say a man must have been leading because he didn't stop and get directions or something like that. But why did it take so long? Well, they took their eyes off God. They started focusing on their fears, you know, their inadequacies, their insecurities. And it's really hard to believe because they had seen God act in a powerful way, the ten plagues. You know, God, God sends them, and it results in them being released from slavery. You know, they had seen God part the sea so that they could be saved from that Egyptian army that was trying to pursue them. They, they had been given a, a cosmic GPS system. They, in the, they were guided during the day by a cloud, and at night, a pillar of fire. They'd had heavenly catered food. You know, manna from, from heaven. Even quail dropped once in a while so they could have like, uh, I don't know, quail fajitas or something, put it together. You would think that they would be cheering. Yay, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you. You, you think that they would be worshiping God. But you, you know what they said? I mean, hold on to your seats here. It says, all the Israelites grumbled against, this is their leader, Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in the wilderness. They actually wished 
that they hadn't left slavery in Egypt. They, they, somehow they, they missed the whips and chains, I guess, the, the bad food that they had, the, the security, or the, the, the fact is they knew what was ahead each day as they're living in servitude. I mean, can you believe that? Again, before you take a shot at these unappreciative Israelites or, or the nine unappreciative lepers, let's think about our own lives for a moment. Being thankful is a heart issue. And, you know, I, that's why it's so important to spend time in worship every day. Every day, spending time with God. And you start with giving thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your grace. You know, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross. You know, God, thank you for my family. Thank you for my relationships. God, thank you for my career. Thank you for this great nation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You know, be a thanksgiver. It is a sign of spiritual maturity in life. And I wonder, are you worshiping God regularly? Are, are you giving thanks regularly? Do you say it? You know, when you're a thanksgiver, one of the things that happens is it takes your eyes off yourself and it puts your focus on God. It also does something else. I believe being a, a thanksgiver, it moves the heart of God, and it positions your life for blessings. Now, you may find it, it shocking, but the fact is, when you read Scripture, God has feelings. God has feelings. And one of the things that touches the heart of God is when His children give appreciation. Think about the, the leper who was healed. He, he shows appreciation to Jesus. And when you read that story, it is very evident. Jesus' heart is moved. It's changed. And I've discovered something. Kids are not as uh, appreciative as they should be. Parents, any parents discover this one? <laughs> I mean... The fact is, it's not. They don't just out of the blue come up and go, hey, thanks for bringing me into the world. I really appreciate it. You know, thanks for putting food on the table, you know, making some money so that I could live in this wonderful house and be warm. You know, thanks for the clothes I got to wear. You know, thanks for my phone. Now, I woke some teens up there. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like that phone. But it doesn't happen a lot, True but it's true with all of us. But when your kids come to you out of the blue and they thank you for something, it moves your heart, doesn't it? I mean, I remember my granddaughter was little at the time and I had bought her a teddy bear. And uh, later in the day, she brought me a, a card. It was kind of misfolded and had a torn sticker on it, and she gives it to me, and I'm like, well, what is this? She goes, thank me. <laughs> I, I said, you mean a thank you? 
And she goes, I don't think so, Grandpa. <laughs> you know, but I did some research on that word thank. It comes from the word think. When you think, when you think about your life, when you think about God, it should lead you to being thankful. If you're not thankful, I'm going to suggest you're not thinking. We live in a culture, too many people, you know, I'm not being blessed the way I should be blessed. You know, I feel like I'm being cheated here. What, what's wrong? You know, something out of skew, something out of whack. You have got to get in the right position in your life to experience the very best that God has for you in order to be blessed. You know, I learned playing hoops. Uh, I learned in basketball, and the same is true for football or soccer or whatever sport you want to pick out. But you understand if you're in the right position, good things can happen, right? As a follower of Jesus Christ, the exact same thing's true in your life. If you're in the right position, God can bless, but if you're out of position, well, you're not going to be blessed the way God wants to bless you. But once you start showing appreciation, once you become a thanksgiver, once you get things right vertically in your life, once you give God the worship that's due to him, it segues into the horizontal of life, into this domain. Then you're in a position for God to bless you. You know, when you're a thanksgiver, it moves the heart of God. And it softens your heart, by the way, so you can actually absorb those blessings. But, it, but if you're not appreciative, if you're not a thanksgiver, well, I'll tell you what happens. Your heart gets hardened. Blessings, they kind of bounce off of you. You don't even recognize them when they come. And that, that's why we're called to give thanks. You know, that, that's why we're instructed to, you know, we talk about tithes and offerings. But it's an important part of worship. It's something we do regularly. It's positioning ourselves to say, you know what, God, I realize I'm blessed and I'm positioning myself to be blessed. You know, it's a reminder I think we all need this reminder from time to time. Everything you have, every opportunity, every gift, the fact that you got up this morning, it's a gift from God. I mean, it's something God gets really serious about. You know, Malachi says, Will anybody rob God? Yet you're robbing me. But you say, How are we robbing you? It says, your tithes and offerings. See, it's a thanksgiving. You know, it's giving that, that first 10%. It's being generous. It's saying, God, I, I'm going to be a thanksgiver. You know, it goes on. This, this is a part I, it just blows my mind. It says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse. Why? Well, so there'll be food in my house. 
Put me to the test, God says. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you an overflowing blessing. You know, when, when you have that heart of thanksgiving, you give regularly, strategically, it's an act of worship. And I wonder, are, are you a thanksgiver? And in fact, some of you wonder why you're not experiencing God, God's power in your life. And I will point back to it's, the attitude of gratitude is important. You know, I've, I've shared before Sunday, and I've made that part of our life. You know, we've always given the tithe. We've always given the offerings, tried to be generous with, with people. We've done it most of our adult life. And I realize everything I have, well, it's a blessing from God. It belongs to God. And I'm good with that. And so it's an act of worship. And we've been faithful with that. We've been faithful when times are good, and we've been faithful when times were not so good. But I cannot, I, I could spend the morning, I, I could blow your mind of how God has, has blessed us as we've expressed that to him. Are you worshiping God? Are you showing appreciation in your life? See, if you're showing it vertically... If you're showing thanksgiving privately, that's where it's got to start, that thanksgiving will spill into your horizontal life. God will move in ways that you're like, wow, didn't see that one coming. And then it'll lead you to more thanks. It's almost a catch-22, to be honest. The more you thank, the more God moves. The less you thank, the less you got to be thankful for, I guess. But I love the psalmist says, it is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. The right words are potent. And God knew this. You know, I think that's why when you, when you look at Scripture, as you, as you read through Scripture... God, uh, he'll say, you know, this is how I feel about you. You know, this, this is how much I loved you that I sent my son to die for you. You know, this is how much I appreciate you. You, you are fearfully, wonderfully made. And I wonder today, do you say that to other people? Do you thank other people regularly? You know, do you, do you send a text regularly? You know, write a note, you know. Maybe, maybe you ought to do that today. You know, pick up the phone. There's a novel idea. And say, thank you. I never told you this, but you did such and such. Or, you know, you encouraged me and you didn't even realize it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I know, as I'm talking, some of you are going, well, it doesn't mean that much. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Appreciation ambushes the heart. You know, appreciation changes the way you see things, the way you experience things. There are two trajectory-changing words. Thank you. Thank you. You say it loud. 
You say it often. You make sure the people around you know that you're thankful, that you appreciate them. Friends, you are blessed. You're blessed. Be a thanksgiver in the world. Be a thanksgiver at your job. Be a thanksgiver at school. Wherever you go, well, probably one of the, the greatest things that can be said about someone is, man, they, they just make me feel better. They're so appreciative. They're thankful. And what happens? It spills. You know, instead of complaining at work, you give thanks. You know, I'm really thankful for Joe. Yeah, he's crazy, but, you know, I'm, I really appreciate having this job. I really appreciate that teacher. Yeah, she's hard or he's hard, but they, 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 do, they do a good job. They care about us. You see, see how it flips things? Be a thanksgiver in your life. Be a thanksgiver in your community. And be a thanksgiver wherever you go, wherever you go. doesn't take a lot. Hey, thanks, thanks for bagging the groceries. You know, thanks for doing whatever. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Live with thanksgiving. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, thank you. In fact, Lord, I know right now there's thankfulness just pouring. Hear, Hear that, Lord. All the things we're thankful for. All these hearts that are appreciative to you. God, I pray your Holy Spirit would just reign in us. That we would leave this place and we would encourage others by thanking them. Just letting them know we appreciate whatever it is. God, help us to get our focus off ourselves. Get it on you. God, help us to be thankful for everything. New view, Lord. Help us see you in everything. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. God's people said, let's stand, let's let's worship and uh, give thanks for the blessings. There'll be uh, prayer teams down front. You need prayer this morning. Come down and let them pray for you. Maybe maybe you need to come down this morning and just say, hey, I want you to pray. I'm thankful for a bunch of things in my life and pray with me, but uh, they'll be down front. So let's worship.